Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions. Grateful to be with you today. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel Aurora. I'm actually one of many pastors here. Grateful to serve alongside so many wonderful men and women serving God, ministering the gospel uh, in so many ways. And one of them is to produce this show called Calvary Live. It originates in Grace FM, which Grace FM is a full-power radio network that spans from Cheyenne, Wyoming, south uh, almost to the Pueblo, Colorado border. It is two radio stations, full power, that cover about 80% potentially of the population of Colorado. And we have partnered together with Hope FM, another very large, uh, much larger than ours, radio network on the East Coast in New Jersey, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, and also the Truth FM radio network, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Uh, awesome. We're, we're grateful to be a part of your lives, and now we're asking you to call us because without you, there's no call. There's really no show, I should say. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And... We have a dedicated texting line. I am sorry. We got quite a few texts yesterday, but the lines were jam-packed, so we didn't get to hardly any texts. But one of the gals showed up to church last night and said, I texted you, but you didn't answer. So I answered it right there at church because uh, we had service last night. And by the way, if you haven't, if you don't go to a midweek Bible study, I want to encourage you to go. I know not many churches are doing them. They're kind of doing away with them and doing small groups, and and I respect that, but I don't. Uh, subscribe to that for our church. Uh, we have small groups and a Wednesday night Bible study. And our I was just so blessed last night because our Wednesday night Bible study is growing, and more and more people are coming out midweek. Uh, we were we were growing for a long time there, and then we started praying together, and then people didn't seem to want to pray, and so then the the attendance went down, uh, and now it's going back up where people want to. They want to pray, and it's like a Acts two forty two gathering where we're having communion together, we're praying together, uh, we are singing together, and we're studying the Bible together, verse by verse. We're going through Second Kings, and yesterday uh, Jezebel got hers. You know, it seemed as if she got away with everything that she did, killing the prophets and and just being in a wicked, evil woman, uh, and. You know, it's not just men that are evil and wicked. Women also can be evil and wicked. Jezebel is a great example of that. And and because she didn't repent, judgment came upon her. It was a uh, an interesting chapter, 2 Kings chapter 9. But 
we study the Bible together, and if you're, uh, we spent some time uh, looking at the vengeance. You know, uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And um, sometimes we want to take things in our own hands. Don't do it. It isn't worth it. It isn't worth it. Just commit the situation to the Lord. Commit the person to the Lord. Uh, and, you know, let God be your defender um, because he'll be a better defender than you ever will be. Uh, you are a horrible defender. I mean, um, like Pastor Chuck used to say, and I'm going to find a quote from Pastor Chuck here, uh, but Pastor Chuck used to say, you know, if you want to defend yourself, God will let you defend yourself. Um, you know, go ahead. Uh, but if you want a true defender, then commit the situation to the Lord. Um, and, um, that's that's really the best um, the best answer. And you know, it's it's a it's a great encouragement um, because God will be our defender, and He is a faithful God. Um, and you know, here, uh, you know, so here, let's read this from. Uh, his Bible study in Psalm 62. He says, in Psalm 62, verse 2, it says, He only is my rock and my salvation. The word defense here in the Hebrew is high tower or stronghold. And I have found that the Bible promises that no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. This is the heritage of the children of the Lord. I've had people come to me because they were worried because someone into Satanism has put a hex on them or a curse on them, and they were concerned about that. I just said, hey, no problem. The Bible says no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. This is the heritage of the children of the Lord. I have found that God is a great defender of his people. I have found that if you seek to defend yourself, the Lord will let you. But if you'll just trust in him, he'll defend you. Many times, being in a position of public prominence, people make accusations and charges against you that are totally unfounded. I've heard reports concerning me from people who supposedly knew me very well. Someone from the church here is sharing what the Lord has done, and they said, oh, I've known Chuck Smith for many years. We were very close at one time. Really, I've never heard of them before, and yet we were very close at one time. They say, well, he's got a big yacht down in Newport Harbor, and I've never had a yacht in Newport Harbor or any other harbor. I don't say I wouldn't like to, but I sure haven't. All kinds of accusations. If you go around and try to defend yourself against all these charges and accusations, you'd be spending your whole life just trying to defend yourself. There have been a lot of churches who have unfortunately been hurt because the pastor sought to defend himself against charges that were being made. I've seen pastors just really rip their church apart in trying to defend themselves against certain accusations. It's better to let the Lord defend you. He's my defense. He is my only defense. David said, I will not greatly be moved. And so we didn't, that particular uh, truth that Pastor Chuck shared, I didn't really share last night, but I shared a different aspect of it. Uh, and our Bible studies are up on calvaryaurora.org. That's our website or our free app. Just go to the app store and download our free app, Calvary Space Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A. All of our studies are up there. I'd love for you to connect with us. Uh, and 
and uh, call me, 303-690-3000. Phone lines are lighting up. We have one line open, 303-690-3000. We have someone on line one that wants us to pray for uh, their son from Colorado Springs. Welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you, Pastor. Um, Okay. I have a question also um, in regards to my 16-year-old son. Um, my my prayer request is um, he is struggling with either a mental disorder or, which I'm not really sure, he okay. also um, at one time played with a Ouija board. Um, I'm biblically, um, could something have entered him um, playing this? Because when he uh, played with this, um, weird things began to happen spiritually, is what he said. And okay. he has gone in and out of these different states of mania. Um, okay. He is currently detained right now in a, in a boys' youth center. He got into some trouble when he was a little bit younger, and we just can't get through his probation. And then when he gets, you know, locked up, he he goes into literally these psychotic states where he's... Sure talking weird and acting weird and in all of this. So what would your opinion be of that? I mean, it is possible. Uh, is is he a born-again believer or just kind of someone that says he is? Well, you know, I tried to raise him up in church the best I could. Um, you know, his dad was an unbeliever, but um, I tried to raise him up, and, and he used to go to church, and I think at one time he was a believer, but, um, you know, I don't know really where his heart was. He, he kind of said to me, you know, back and forth, he didn't believe, oh, he does believe. And, um, so, you know, he was just kind of back and forth all the time. And then, like I said, even recently with going to visit him, he, um, was referring to um, talking to dead grandparents, um, cartoon characters he was seeing. Um, he's he's just really struggling. So, I, I mean, I, th- I think that, yes, it is possible that your son has uh, opened himself up. I mean, not just start. He has definitely opened himself up to demonic influence. He has definitely presented himself to a dark world that he should have uh, avoided uh, that yeah. we all should stay clear of and and it's possible that the the disconnect in his mind and the mania uh, has a spiritual root to it uh, mm-hmm. and the solution for him is to for him to come to his right mind is to repent of his sins that's how that's how God heals uh, now, the broken he mind says he he says he has repented of it and he's okay. prayed but it just doesn't seem like it it leaves, you know. Well, you know, and it's possible that because we've all been so so not knowing and not being able to talk to him, you know, not just just giving the the kind of feedback that you share, you know, the not not being able to see him or or hear from him. The the reality is that that we are all broke. We're all also born with broken brains, and mm-hmm. your son's brain may be broken more than normal. Um, what the world calls psychotic episodes and all those things are just a factor. You know, they're real. Number one, and right. number two, it's a it's it's from the 
the fall. You know, sin has really wrecked our minds. And and like I did before I got saved, I, I wrecked my mind even worse, you know, by drinking, by alcohol, uh, by drunkenness, by drugs, by whatever I exposed my head to. I mean, I really damaged my body. Uh, I really damaged my brain. And the good news is, is that in Christ, there's healing. And, and so the approach that I take, and I would take with someone like that, is I speak to the person. I don't speak to the, all the difficulties that I see. You know, I don't speak to all the issues, you know, and I think I would emphasize in your son's life when you have a chance to talk to him, I would emphasize the times when he is clear-headed. I would praise the times that God has given and give God the credit for the times he's clear-headed, for the times that he's able to think straight, um, for the times that, because I'm certain too that if I got, if I was able to sit down with him, there's probably some cooperation that he is uh, giving to this whole drama in his life. You know, using it for some sort of personal advantage. For you and I, we're not in his head, so we don't know. Because we would think, how in the world? Why would anybody want to do that for their right. own personal advantage? But, but man, you know, when a person when a person has all this going on, and it can keep people at a distance, and and it can get him out of this and put him over here, and you know, it's it, it's it sounds like a very complicated situation. Yes. But even in the most complicated situations, God is able to heal and strengthen and help your boy leave this stuff behind. But it's going to require his obedient cooperation with God in order to do that. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. It's not going to be passive. You know, it's not right. going to be a passive thing where, or, or and it's definitely, you know, if he's, if he's uh, continuing to present himself to all this crazy stuff like this, this demonic influences, then there's always a price to pay for that. That's not going to go away until he repents and no longer presents himself to this. And, you know, not being a doctor, there's some things in his mind that that probably need some attention too. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that he's getting some kind of attention. Right. Medically. Psychologically. Mm -hmm. So let's pray for him. Yes, thank you. Father, you know these situations that... um, are presented, um, I just think of every time a parent brought their child to you, you had compassion on that child and on that parent. And I just hear in my sister's voice um, the exasperation that she has as she thinks of the difficulties her boys are going through. You know, just, just really wrestling with the realities of where he's at. And I know, God, we want to get caught up in why he's there. And, and maybe people listening in are like super hyper judgmental and just like, well, he deserves that because he did it. But, but you don't see it that way. You see him as a young boy that needs to be rescued, even from himself. Not just the demonic realm, but from his own bad decisions, from his own uh, difficult way that he thinks and processes information. And so would you touch his mind, Lord? Would you... Would you touch his brain? Would you help his thinking, God? Would you bring back clarity? I think of that guy that was stuck in the caves. You know, he was in chains and everybody avoided him because he was just out of his mind. But you didn't avoid him. And you were able to bring him right to his right mind. Uh, You were able to restore to him a right mind. And so I pray that for this boy. And I pray specifically, God, I know that the route is through salvation. 
that I know his mom has tried to raise him the right way, but now that he can choose, now that he understands, would you lift the darkness and through the, 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 the various things that he's feeling bring conviction upon his heart that he might respond to the conviction? There's so many examples in the Bible of spiritually dead people responding to you, that he's not beyond the work of your spirit in his life. And so we pray for him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Oh, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Steve in Boulder, Colorado. Give me a uh, welcome to the program, Steve. Thank you very much, Pastor. Appreciate your time. What can I do for you? Well, I need a, I have a prayer request. I've, uh, unfortunately, I'm on probation, and okay. I have one year left. I'm making right. progress, but to me, it seems slow. I'm in a group that many people have to talk during the same period of time, and I do a lot of things to show I'm making progress, but not enough time to review it in the time allowed. People there. And lately, I've been really feeling uh, uh, depressed and uh, real frustrated with that. And almost like I got a year left and I get all this stuff done. Yes, I can, but can it be reviewed and approved uh, in that time? I'm not sure of that. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother who um, has this overwhelming goal, you know, situation before him, uh, the consequences of his crime, you know, and what's required for him in the eyes of the law to repay his debt to society, Lord. And you know how much work it is. You know how it needs to be reveal, reviewed. And and you know what it's doing. It's ex- it's exacerbating my friend, Lord. It's, it's, it's bringing him discouragement and once again i'm reminded of my pastor lord when he 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 reminds us that man it's amazing how big and how how difficult our problems are the more we focus on them you know they just grow and grow and grow but god as we set our problems before you and we ask you to meet us in the solution of those problems you have a way of lifting the burden you have a way with us of encouraging us and even the impossible you are able to do the impossible. What You are able to do for man what man cannot do for himself. And we're just grateful for that. We're grateful that you are able, God, in your infinite wisdom and strength to do for us what we are unable to do for ourselves. So I pray, for, I pray that faith into my brother's life. I know he has faith, but now, Lord, may he walk in faith and respond in faith. And we're thankful, God, for your, for your faithfulness that even when we are, you know, even when we are faithless you remain faithful and we're grateful for that in jesus name amen all right bro god bless you man 303-690-3000 lines are wide open there is nobody waiting so this would be a great time to call and here's a text question um uh, so uh, the book of Enoch. Can you speak to the book of Enoch? And what is it? Uh, it's in a category of books known as pseudepigraphal. Uh, and they have a claim to authorship that is unprovable. Never been proved. 
And so this book is claims to be written by Enoch, but and who, you know, if you go way back into the Old Testament, he is the great-grandfather of Noah. And even though there is a quote in Jude, two of the book of Enoch, the what is known today as the book of Enoch is not it. Uh, and the fact that a Bible book quotes a, a non-inspired book is not unusual because uh, truth is truth, and when the Holy Spirit inspires it, it is absolute truth. Uh, and so when you read the book of Enoch, you need to treat it like the book of uh, fiction that it is. Um, you know, it's an apocryphal book um, that if something in it is true, then we accept it as true. If something in it is false or historically inaccurate, then we claim it so. But the book of Enoch is not an inspired book of the Bible. It is not to be used to define doctrine, uh, just like the rest of the Apocrypha. Within Primarily, you'll find the Apocrypha within the uh, Bible of the Roman Catholic Church, because there are many uh, doctrines or many false teachings that are held within the Roman Catholic Church that require the Apocrypha to prove them. Uh, and so uh, they are they 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 are not the apocrypha is not in any way equal to the sixty six books that we know together as the holy scriptures the canon of scripture three zero three six nine zero three thousand is there a sin that disqualifies a pastor from ministry forever if so what. Well, you know, yes, there's quite a few sins that could disqualify a pastor forever. Adultery is one of them. And you go, wait a minute, Ed, wait a minute. Um, I thought God could restore anyone from adultery. Look at David. Look at, well, yes and no. Um, Because sometimes the consequences of sin are different. And the things surrounding the adultery, uh, child pornography, uh, would disqualify a person from being in the pastorate forever. Um, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean that a person can't experience forgiveness. It doesn't mean that a person can't experience relationship with Jesus Christ. We're talking about the office of a pastor in uh, the office of a pastor. So it, it really depends on the situation, but the answer is yes, there's quite a few things um, that would disqualify a person from me, you know, even murder, um, grand larceny, bank robbery. Um, and it's a case-by-case situation. So, you know, the consequent, you know, that God is quick to forgive, but people aren't so quick to forgive. And, and so it really depends on the sin and the situation. And yeah, there's a lot, there's quite a few sins, um, that would disqualify a person. Um, Second question, uh, if a transgender or cross-dressing person came into your church, how would you respond? Uh, We would love them. Uh, We would minister to them. We would preach the gospel to them. We would want to get to know them. And we'd want to get to know their story. And eventually, uh, the issue of their transgenderism and their cross-dressing or uh, whatever it is is going to come up, the sinfulness of it. And if a person sticks around our church long enough, they will come in contact with the reality of sin. They will call to be repentant toward that sin, and 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 we'll see what their response is. Uh, but I'm I'm not offended by a 
transgender person or a person that's in the homosexual community that, I mean, that, that's like asking how would you re- respond if a thief came into your church or a drunkard came into your church or an adulterer came into your church or a bank robber. We would preach the gospel to them, and I hope that we would love them uh, as a church family. I hope that we would uh, embrace them. Um, I, I'm, I think we could put on our, on our sign as well because uh, I see these churches, they put up on their sign, everyone's welcome here. That's right. Everyone is welcome at Calvary, and everyone is welcome to hear the gospel and the good news that God can rescue them from their sin. Uh, and, and so I hope that we will be able to deliver the truth in such a way that would bring a person to repentance. I, I, here's the flip side. How would we not respond um, I hope as a church family we would not be hypercritical. I hope as a church family we would not be, um, you know, we would not hurt them or prejudge them um, because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I walked into a church, a jacked up punk in sin, but you wouldn't be able to tell, you know, homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, cross-dressing, that's all pretty obvious. Like that, that's mo you know, if a couple came in, a homosexual couple came in holding hands or, you know, those are, there's some obvious things to be seen so that, um, other sins aren't so obvious, but sin is sin. And I hope that we'd be a congregation that would welcome them, but don't misunderstand what that means. We're not welcoming them to approve of sin. We're not a church that approves of sin from anyone. So I don't want to just mark out a class of people like sin is sin and, and we need to deal with it, whether it's fornication, you know, sexual sin, fornication, adultery, we just don't bat our eye at that. Like, Oh no, some sins are okay. No sin is okay. And we're all a group of, our church is a group of broken people that have been saved and are in the process of being restored to one day being fully uh, redeemed in the presence of God. Uh, the Bible uses words like justification, sanctification, and glorification to describe that. So I hope uh, we would be a loving congregation. However, we would also be a truthful congregation. We would speak the truth in love. Just like the woman, remember, that was caught in the midst of adultery, Jesus was very gracious and very loving to her. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And he was also very truthful with her. Go and sin no more. Those very words first acknowledged the sin that she was in the middle of and the fact that she must repent of that sin. It's not okay to live in homosexuality. It's not okay to live in a transgender uh, type of environment culturally. It's not okay to live in a fornication lifestyle. It's not okay to commit adultery on your spouse. It's not okay to steal. It's not okay to lie. It's not okay to gossip. It's not okay to watch pornography. On and on. I could go on and on, couldn't I? But will we shut the doors to sinners? No, we will not. Otherwise, none of us could come in. And sinners need to repent. That's just the way it is. There's no way around that. 
Jesus Christ, his message was a message of repentance. John the Baptist's message of repentance. The apostles' message of repentance. The prophets, the, the first century church, second century church, until we come today, repentance is necessary, period. There's no way around it. But I hope we would be a loving congregation, and I hope that we would speak the truth in such a way that it would be experienced so that those caught up in any sin would turn away from sin and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, to live in the freedom that he promises, that he says, any, any of you that are weary and heavy laden, to come to Jesus and he will give you rest and rest for your soul. So thanks for asking that question. It's a great question. Um, we would not approve of any sin ever or the lifestyle. We would call people to repentance. 303-690-3000. We've got people on the line. We'll, we're coming up to our only break of the show. We'll be right back and we'll start taking some calls. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's program. This is Calvary Live. If you're just turning through your radio dial, Calvary Live, originating from Grace FM right here in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome everyone on Hope FM Welcome everyone on Truth FM. Of course, we uh, welcome everyone that is our regular listeners on Grace FM. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to John in Brighton, Colorado. John, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's just some, some words of encouragement for the lady that's having, um, her son's having some mental issues. I definitely had some, like, I felt like I lost my mind there for a bit, um, about yes. 10 plus years ago. Um, probably just living a sinful lifestyle. I gave my life to God as a kid, but never walked with him. Definitely felt like I lost my mind for a while. And the only thing that got me back to it was reading the word. And God definitely yes. restored me and gave me a right mind again. So it is that's possible. great. It, it is possible. For her son. I agree. I I believe it is possible, and but and the, the truth only thing of that God's gave me word. Peace originally, was reading the word, staying in the word. <laughs> that gave me peace, and eventually, just that got me closer to God and restored my mind. He restored my mind. Kind of right on, like, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's it. Okay, bro. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Hey, I got a text from my buddy Nick who pastors up in Longmont, reminding me of uh, a, a seminar that we're going to be holding here at Calvary Aurora. We're going to be hosting something known as the Expositors Collective. And there is a website for it, expositorscollective.com. So check this out. Um, let me read to you from the website. We're excited to continue the Expositors Collective, an intentional training seminar for young preachers 18 to 34 years old. The Expositors Collective exists to equip and encourage the next generation of Christ-centered preachers. And this seminar is going to serve as a launching pad for a larger vision of creating a network of pastors, leaders, and those aspiring to follow this calling. The seminar is two days. It's a two-day event that leads into fellowship groups for critique 
an ongoing encouragement and mentorships. And so the next one is going to take place right here at Calvary Aurora on July 20th and 21st. And as a host church, we're just inviting you to come. This is something that God is going to use. Uh, We ask that all in attendance would commit to the entire duration of the event. Uh, And the reason is because it's an intensive study and interactive conference. The attendees are going to be meeting in groups and building ongoing relationships. So space is going to be limited. And we encourage you to pray and consider registering today. So if you're 18 to 34 and you have a passion to preach and to learn how to teach the Bible, this is for you. It's called the Expositors Collection Collective, and the website is expositorscollective.com. You know, things like the power of preaching, Christ-centered preaching, nuts and bolts of sermon preparation, homiletics, the Holy Spirit in preaching, learning from preaching examples, finding your unique voice, and preaching mentorship. So David Guzik's going to be here. Brian Broderson's going to be here. Mike Neglia's going to be here. Eric Cartier. Nick Cady, Pete Nelson, Shar Broderson, Nate Morris, Fernando Ortiz, Riley Taylor, Clay Rorwell, and Sean Stone, and many more are going to be here. It's a very exciting time. This is the second one uh, that Expositors Collective has put on, and I'm excited to. We're excited to be a host church uh, and to see this ministry come to Colorado. It's going to be Friday the twentieth. Check in starts at twelve thirty. And then it's going to go through 1 p.m. on Saturday. It's 20 bucks to register. And go to expositorscollective.com. And if you're a pastor, not 18 to 34, although if you are in that age group, it would count, we also have our our, um, regional pastor's breakfast that Friday. So July 20th, check this out. You are invited. If you're a Foursquare pastor, if you're an Assembly of God pastor, if you are a Southern Baptist, and if you're an independent, non-denominational pastor, um, uh, for if you are a male pastor, you are welcome to come to our pastor's breakfast Friday morning with David Guzik, and then that Friday night, uh, we are going to have a time for pastor's wives, and David Guzik's coming out for that. So he's coming out for the Expositors Collective and our pastor's breakfast, and his wife will be here, along with my wife, uh, hosting the pastor's wives. And so it is open. Uh, It is an open time for you to come and learn and grow. Pastors, you guys are uh, doing a great work in our city. Uh, For the pastor's breakfast and the pastor's wives gathering in the evening, guys in the morning, gals at night, it's free. We are hosting it, and we are paying for it as a church. It's our investment in the community. And then for the Expositors Collective, there's some stuff that um, that I'm sure you're going to be registering for. It's 20 bucks. You're investing in yourself. So we've got a busy weekend at Calvary Aurora that weekend and invite you to come along. Uh, so Expositors Collective is Friday and Saturday, and it's also going to be... Um, the pastor's breakfast in the morning, Pastor David Guzik and his wife Inga Lil and Marie Taylor will be doing a pastor's wives. And you can email um, for the pastor's breakfast, email info at calvaryaurora.org and they'll send you the link to register. Info calvaryaurora.org. You'll be put on our list uh, so you can hear stuff that we do. We do things for pastors all the time. And then like opening our building to host the Expositors Collective. So I'm sure Nick will be 
sharing. It's a it's a it's a project that's been heavy on Nick's heart and also Pete Nelson and probably some other guys. So it's pretty exciting. You know, we go to Expositors Collective and uh, some great guys that that just have a passion to equip the next generation, non denominational. We just want to serve you and just want to love you and just want to encourage you and just want to equip you so that you can go forth with the gifting and calling of your life in the life that you live. You know, the Bible says only one wi- <laughs> only one wife, only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. And if you have the calling of pastor teacher on your life and you're 18 to 34, Expositors Collectives for you. If you are a pastor and your wife, you are, you are invited pastor to come Friday morning the 20th and you are invited pastor's wife we, you are not forgotten. We are not going to forget you. We're going to serve you. And pastor's wives, you guys are going to be at our church that evening. So busy, busy weekend with our services and everything. It's going to be awesome. Honored to do. Expositors Collective, 20 and 21st of July. 303 Let's go back to the phone lines. It looks like... Byron from Castle Rock is on line. Byron, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, I uh, called in uh, for a prayer request, actually, but before I uh, do that, I just wanted to uh, throw out a suggestion to the listeners. Um, You know how when you log on to your computer or a network, um, they have you pick a password and should be one capital letter and at least a number. Um, yeah. I'd like to suggest using Bible verses. Um, Romans 8.28 is like a password, and just as a reminder, as you log on to the computer, you know, just putting God first um, before anything you see or do on the computer. And just, uh, anyway, it's a, I just thought a suggestion I wanted to throw out there. Okay, great. That's a great suggestion. Thanks for offering it. <laughs> Sure. Um, uh, prayer request. Um, I have a five-year-old son named Gavin. Um, Gavin's been diagnosed with uh, intractable epilepsy. Um, basically, okay. that means that he does not respond to any of the medications. Um, mm. He's been through a lot of them and through a lot of different kind of tests, and um, they really can't determine a cause behind this. And uh, I know that the Lord, our great physician, can uh, can totally heal him, and I have full faith and, and trust in that. We'd just like to, uh, to to pray for Gavin, please. Lord, we lift up Gavin to you right now and just know that your heart is with him and his family and and our bodies, God. They're they're I don't know I don't know how it is that you look down and see the the brokenness of our bodies um, and just the effects of sin on on society, Lord. That that just hurt us and make us weep and to see a young boy that can't respond to medication and all of the the scary you know I think of my I think of my friend whose daughter was in the hospital with scary asthma and and it's just Lord would you just first of all minister to my brother when fear comes into his life maybe even anger um, as he sees his boy go through this and and then we pray for little Gavin God who knows what his going through his little mind of how he responds to what his body is doing. And your word says that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And I have not only experienced that healing, but I've also seen it. And so I pray 
God, that you would touch little Gavin, that you would would startle the doctors and startle those that are researching this and startle the drug makers that are trying to find that right place in the brain to send a drug to to, to fix it, Lord, that, that it would just be a complete shock and surprise to them of unexplained healing and a miraculous demonstration of your love in their lives. And and we wait, God, patiently, and we wait anticipating what you're going to do in little Gavin's life and how you're going to use this for the furtherance of the gospel and for the declaration of your love, no matter what happens to us. God, you're faithful, and the greatest healing that's ever uh, been given has been on the cross, where our stripe, by your stripes, we've been healed, Lord, amen. spiritually and ultimately physically. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, thank you so much. Okay, brother, keep us up to date, would you? I will. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number uh, I think I had. Um, and and here's, a, here's another recommendation um, uh, that Bible verses are okay for passwords as long as they're more obscure because Bible verses like John 3, 1, 6, are always often guessed. So just keep that in mind uh, as you're using. That was a computer person's suggestion. So just keep that in mind when you're doing verses. But, you know, hackers are hackers, man. Um, And uh, another recommendation, if you want to Google, beware of making Jesus your password. (laughs) I guess there's an article out there. So just some balance because, you know, you, definitely you want to keep your passwords as obscure as possible um, for all the algorithms and the, what do they call that when they force break, a, um, they force break your password? There's a phrase for that, isn't it? Uh, it's called brute force. There you go. When they brute force your password, you know, that's, they just have computers working on it. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Got an open line available to you, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, This is a great question. How do you handle having a strained relationship with a father who is narcissistic yet claims to be a believer? And please note, he has been spiritually manipulative for my entire life. Well, I think that you put your dad into the same category that you would any other narcissistic manipulative person. You are not obligated to submit to him. You are not obligated to be manipulated by him. You are not obligated to be hurt by him. And the admonition that God gives us to obey honoring our father and mother, things are going to be adjusted in your life in, in order to honor your... You know, I think that um, you don't want to actively sin against your dad. You don't want to actively talk behind his back. I'm glad you didn't use his name. You didn't use your name. So keeping that in a general sense, you don't want to you don't want to dishonor your dad. You want to pray for him. Um, but there's no necessity for you to submit to that because this is a relationship. And it sounds like you're an adult. So you now have a new relationship with your dad as an adult where... You know, relationships are two ways. I mean, even as a kid, you it's hard because where are you going to go? What are you going to do? you got to live with your parents. And so you learn these coping mechanisms and things. But as you submit to the Lord, you can love your dad. You can serve your dad. 
Um, again, I, I want to be careful here because um, I don't know the whole story and I haven't talked to your dad to find out where he's at. So I want to be careful. So take this in a general sense. But the, the thicker skin that you grow, the harder it will be for your dad to manipulate you. Does that make sense? I mean, I know you can't answer, but if you're listening to me, you know, I, I always talk to people about growing a thick skin and keeping a soft heart. Because with these kind of situations, um, we often have a soft skin and a thick heart. And, and then the, the, the relationships are broken. But there's no need to submit to sinful actions. You know, you, you, you can avoid being sinned against. It's okay. Um, but you don't want to write your dad completely out of your life. I don't think that's from the Lord. Um, I don't think, you know, if you know, you, he has grandchildren, it is a sin to withhold grandchildren from their grandparents. It's just foolishness. I don't know why anyone would ever do that. I don't know why any pastors would approve of that. Um, I mean, obviously there might be some abuse or something that you would have to do that, but to use kids as a tool and as a weapon, just not from the Lord, not from the Lord at all. And, you know, you're breaking, you're going to hurt that kid. And so you want to be able to have your kids to know their grandpa and pray with them, you know, and pray for him and, and learn how to navigate through it. You know, your eyes are wide open, so you know what you're dealing with, and that's a good thing. And as you know what you're dealing with, you, you, you create the kind of boundaries that will honor the Lord, but also honor the relationships um, that are in there. And of course, it's a text question, so we can't dialogue, and you'd have to take those things in general. Um, but you know, I know someone that their grandson has been withheld from them for five years now, and it's not from the Lord, just period. It's not from the Lord. It never has been from the Lord, and it never will be from the Lord. And uh, that's just the way it is. And people that have been encouraging it and approving of it um, are just going to have to answer to the Lord. And, you know, they choose their own uh, ways over the, the Word of God. And uh, that's something I don't want to do in my life. So be careful uh, and walk in wisdom. And, you know, good, the good news is, is you don't answer to a church and you don't answer to a pastor. You answer to the Lord. So let the Holy Spirit lead you on how to reach your dad. You might be the tool uh, to reach your dad. And um, I'm sorry that you've had to grow up being manipulated spiritually. I'm very sorry about that. Um, that's not a, a good way to raise your kids. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's see. We're going to go to Lois in Lakewood, Colorado. Lois, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking hey. my call. Yes. So I have a question. Um, Psalm 90, verse 4, I believe it's a two-part, but I don't understand what is meant by, like, the watchman at night. I get the first part about at a blink of an eye could be a thousand years uh, sure. or one day, but I don't get the second part. Okay, so here's what I do um, when I when I'm looking at verses in the familiar uh, when I look at verses that are that are in my familiar version like like um, my I use the New King James. Um, I try to look in different versions to see how somebody else, how translators have adjusted it um, in, in that text. So 
like in verse four, for you, a thousand years are like yesterday. They are like a few hours is what the New Living Translation says. So when I think of a few hours and I go back to the New King James, they're like like a watch in the night. It seems like that's a reference to a shift of watchmen. You know, the watchmen would have six to eight hours of a watch. And so it looks like, remember the Psalms are written in what's known as Hebrew poetry. And the two main types of Hebrew poetry are parallelism or comparison. And also they're written in contrast. And so this would be parallelism where there is a... There is a um, comparison between a thousand years. It's just like, boom, just like that. Right. I get it. I get it. That makes sense. Thank you. You're welcome. 303. You're such a great um, spiritual leader. Would you mind praying over our women's retreat? Sure. Sure, let's do that. Father, we, we pray for this upcoming women's retreat, Lord, where there is a a gathering of ladies to seek you. And, you know, it's always a great time to get away from the everyday life, to get away from the difficulties of life. And, and it's, you know, God, we often talk about it like a mountaintop experience. And so as the ladies get away, uh, would you please, um, would you please bless them and encourage them? And Lord, let this time be so uplifting for them. Um, let it be a, a time where they're growing in your word, where they're, where they're growing, uh, Lord, that um, you would just totally use them and bless them and encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Have a fun time. You're welcome. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Hey, I got a follow-up text. I love this. A follow-up text that says, can you give verses that show keeping kids from their grandparents is not of the Lord? Yes, yes. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, that children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. You see, grandkids are a gift to the grandparents, not a gift from their children, but a gift from the Lord. And so the decision to, to hold back a grandchild from their grandparents for selfish, sinful reasons is not from the Lord in any way whatsoever. It is actually interfering with the very gift that God has given, especially when one of the grandparents or when the grandparents don't have a voice in the particular relationship. It's like, man, you're completely at the will of a parent that's not your own child and holding back something that God has given as a gift. Now, of course, there are certain situations where you would want to protect kids and grandkids, like like abuse or um, you know the worst kind of scenario of molestation, but sinful, selfish decisions actually goes right in line with the... It goes right against, I should say, not in line, but right against the will of God. Children's children are a crown of old men. I mean, it is God's gift. It is the righteous heritage. God intended families to have a relationship, especially in Christ. And so really, the you know, just like the Bible says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. 
the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. And happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak in their generation. What, what a blessing to have the constant, continual generation of kids, grandkids, like to interrupt the flow of God's will. I think that the, the, in that question, as good as it is, the real emphasis is what good biblical reason can grandchildren be withheld or should they be withheld or even kids for that matter obviously there's abuse uh there's you know if there's been molestation of course um but for no reason or selfish sinful reason i think the emphasis is upon the person choosing to go against the way of god to interrupt the family heritage of god that's where the i think the burden is upon i mean like for those that are in my in in my office or uh you know, talking about this, we want to do the much as much as is possible to live at peace and withholding kids or grandkids from their parents or grandparents for no godly biblical reason. The emphasis is on the person to prove, wow, well, what, what biblical basis do you have for doing that? And uh, so great follow-up question. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's see here. Uh, Jackie in Denver, Colorado. Jackie, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for being such a daily inspiration and encouragement. And I, uh, you're welcome. I have a prayer request for my children. They're grown. I have three of yes. them, and they are prodigals, and they all have. They're very mm. successful, and they have different things going on. And so yes. I just would ask you if you would mind coming alongside and praying. Okay, let's do that. Um, Lord, I pray for my sister Jackie as she. You know, I just think back when, when all of our kids were young, Lord, and we had high hopes for them and dreams for them, and, and we're just so excited about what you were going to do in their lives. And then and then now with Jackie's kids, now that they're older, they're they're not walking with you, Lord. They're they're discouraging her and, and are and sometimes just a disappointment. And I pray, first of all, that you would apprehend their hearts and give them a heart for their mom. Would you turn, you know, you said in the last days that the kids, the father's hearts would be turned toward the kids and the kids toward their dads. And I think it's true for parents, Lord, that um, even though they're caught up in the craziness of life, you know, you warned us to not be carried away with the cares and concerns of life. So would you bring them back and would you give them a love for their mom? Would you give them a heart for their mom as well as give them a heart to return to you, God, to repent of their backsliding ways? And come back into relationship. It, time flies by so fast that, God, you would bring this family back together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, it's such a painful thing. I'm, I'm walking alongside so many parents in our church that their kids are backsliding, and it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, but the Lord has them. I know that he does, you know? That's and right, because true believers will come back. Amen, and, and I also um, pray for them that God would bring godly mentors and godly friends in their path. Yes. Everywhere they go. <laughs> Amen. Amen, I agree. You know, you never know how he's going to get to them. It, for the prodigal son that Jesus described, it was pig food. Yeah. Yep. Amen. <laughs> he'll, he'll do what it takes. He'll use whatever. Amen. That's right. <laughs> well, keep us up to date, Jackie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We're coming up on the end of the show today. So grateful that you joined us. Whether you joined me by text or you joined me by phone. Uh, got a, 
I got a, um, a text. Thank you, Pastor. Um, this question about grandparents, my daughter's doing this, never abused or did anything to my grandkids, only loved and adored them. I know, I'm so sorry. It is one of the most painful things to endure, uh, and it's wrong, and so I'm sorry. But stay strong. Those kids are your blood. They're forever connected to you, and when they get old enough, um, this sinful decision is going to backfire, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. And, um, you know, everyone that seems to be happy now and, oh, it's okay and there's no problem, we could do whatever we want, it's not... Anytime we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. And those for no good biblical reason that withholding their kids or their grandkids are sowing to the flesh, and they're going to reap corruption. So I'm sorry you're going through this. Freddie uh, asked for a prayer for employment. God, we lift up Freddie to you. We just ask that you would open the doors uh, for employment on his interviews and close the doors, Lord. Give him open and closed doors. I know he'll get discouraged if some doors are closed, but um, you got to close the ones he doesn't belong in. And Lord, we pray for Laura, who's just dealing with anxiety, uh, lots of stuff going on, and uh, she says she listens to me to fall asleep. (laughs) Good. So bless her, Lord, as she listens to the word as she goes to sleep. But help her, Lord. Help her and uh, minister to her uh, as, um, well, actually, it's uh, a time of these scripture lullabies, Lord, that she can listen to. So I hope it encourages folks. So bless her, encourage her. May you have your way with us, Lord, that we would just surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go to church this weekend. I'll be at Calvary Aurora Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning, 845, 1045. What a great church we're a part of. So grateful we get to be. This is our church family. CalvaryAurora.org or go to go to your app store and download Calvary Aurora free app. All the info about our church is there. We're in Southeast Aurora. God bless you. Thanks for the privilege of being a part of your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.